And now for something completely different. Here's what's coming up this hour on today's experience. It's fantastic, phenomenal, always fun, usually somewhat fascinating Friday as we head into the weekend. Not being afraid, even if the earth gives way or the mountains fall into the seas or the weather is bad, because our help comes from the Lord. First, there are so many great things the Lord brings into our lives. There's no way we can fully express our appreciation. But along with these mega cool blessings come requirements that involve becoming Christ-like. It is awesome when Christ-likeness involves answered prayers and miracles. I mean, that's just awesome. It's a little less awesome when Christ-likeness involves growing up to look like Jesus. <laughs> it's a little, little less. When we earnestly prayed that we could be more like Jesus, God ignored that prayer. <laughs> Just kidding. He logged that prayer. He has been answering that prayer your entire Christian journey. And even if you ask him to put it aside for a while, he won't. Because God answers prayers, and in his way, in his timing, he answers. So it may be helpful to examine two distinct characteristics that God works in us to help us shine Jesus a little bit more in our lives. This is useful to us in our walk with God because it helps us focus on the priorities that God has established. So here's a, here's a real quick question. Is your priority... God's priority? Sometimes yes, sometimes no. But is it a kingdom priority? Erratically, when we come to maturity and faith, we begin to understand how much God despises pride. He hates it so much, he judged our worst enemy because it. He turned a king into a cow. This teaching is about two positive Christ-like characteristics and one big no-no, and that gives you a lot of ouch. David Spoon's life has been an experience. While growing up in a Jewish family, he made a wrong turn towards drug abuse. Then David Spoon found Jesus Christ, and his life completely changed. The more he studied the gospel, the more he wanted to share his experiences with others. After 35 years of ministry, David discovered a new path of service. He joined KAAM, and this radio program began. You're about to hear the David Spoon Experience. Welcome to the David Spoon Experience, local, national, and heavenly talk. Here's what else we're looking at during the show. Lessons for surviving, living, and prevailing. Politics, entertainment, and current events, personal revelations, spiritual observations, my life's insanities, and why they so much more. Hey, we're asking you, what do you think? Now, you can email us during the show, david at hemustincrease.org. That's david at hemustincrease.org. You can also text us during the show, 214-210-8483. That's 214-210-8483. Or you can call us, 972-445-0770. That's 972-445-0770. When you make that call, you'll end up talking to Dynamite D. Hello, lucky person. You got the number right, because you are talking to kid a Dynamite. <laughs> talking to Dynamite D on a Friday afternoon is just like the same feeling that you're heading into the weekend. 
We're looking forward to that one. <laughs> Praise the Lord. <laughs> Yes. Praise the Lord. Uh, a couple things to tell you. Maybe you've got a question, a thought, a comment, an opinion. you got something you want to share. Awesome, awesome, awesome. Okay, we're going to pray for uh, an in-law in just about uh, 60 seconds. Somebody who just texted me his Aunt Deb's uh, daughter-in-law, her family. They had something happen. We're going to pray for them. Before we get there, here's the deal. You might have something you want to share, a prayer request, just like we're being asked to do there. Or maybe you've got a praise report, something you want to share. Maybe you got a question, just a comment, whatever. The idea follows along Hebrews 3.25 and Hebrews 10.25 about us. Well, I think it's Hebrews 3.13 and Hebrews 10.25. I apologize. Uh, and it's, it's all about encouraging one another. In the Lord, as we see the day of his return getting closer and closer and closer, and by golly, it's getting much closer, isn't it? So in our approach, we support all of these ministries that are around us. In our ministry, we just ask you to be uh, considerate of being encouraging. It's just not a kvetch fest here. doesn't mean you don't have places to do that. Just here, we're just talking about, hey, let's lift each other up because there's a lot of garbage going on that goes beyond just political realms or beyond just financial realms. It goes beyond, it goes to the very core of our essence. And so what I want to make sure we do is strengthen one another because there's a lot of stuff happening all over. So one of the things we ask you to do is we pray, you pray for the audience, you pray for one another, you take care of one another, you bless one another. And so we're going to ask you to do that. We're going to we're going to give you our trivia question, but first we're going to pray for uh, Aunt Deb, Aunt Deb's daughter-in-law Holly. Pray for Aunt Holly every single day. They've had a, uh, something just happen in their family, a real tragic death in their family that was unexpected. So we just want to lift up that family and ask God to be the God of comfort for them. So let's do that together. Father, we come before you right now, and of course, like we said, we thank you and we praise you and we acknowledge you. And we lift up Holly's family to you, and we just ask you to comfort them. We ask you to be with them, that they would know your presence in the hardest of times. Lord, even when we, we discuss about you know the death of Lazarus and the people that were hurting, Jesus is shown to be crying and weeping with the people. We understand there's pain there, and we understand you connect with them in that. We just pray that you would be the God of comfort, that they wouldn't just be hurting, but that they'd also find from the hurting that there is healing. We ask for your grace for their family and everybody around them. Have mercy on them all. And we lift them up before you in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Okay, so if you just want to be able to pray and take care of one another, it's kind of important to be able to do that with one another. It's more important than it's more important than me teaching is to be praying for one another, just to be 100% honest about it. I'm just being honest. I mean, it's more important to petition God. It's more than me sounding and sharing. It's more important to seek the face of God, period. Okay? Uh, so let's go back to the trivia question, which I did not yet ask. So we'll ask the trivia question. We'll just kind of bounce around and figure out where we're going. Cause it's Friday, man. It's Friday. We, we're so used to this now. In that too. We just roll. <laughs> Throw the dice. Okay, sure. Right. Uh, here's your trivia question. Now I've asked this before, but we got a lot of people got it wrong. So I'm going to give you a chance, everybody, to get it right this time because that's how you learn these things. Now, how many days was Lazarus dead before Jesus came to visit? Now, we've already asked this, like in the last two and a half months. So not to remember is okay, but you got to remember. It's more than two and less than six. How's that? 
That's pretty good. More than two. Now, Al got the pow pow on the last one. He's not going to get it on this one. <laughs> to get it on this one. Joanne and Cordelia are going to get the pow pow on this one. Let me just say that real quickly. Somebody is calling in, so I got to find out whether they're calling in. Nope, they're going to call in to answer. Let's send them on through. Knock, knock. This is David. Who am I talking to? Hey, David. Will Rogers. Hey, Will Rogers. How are you? I'm great. I hope you're more better. I'm doing great, brother. I'm just, I'm doing great. And, uh, you know, I just thank you for being such a blessing for us all. All right. You ready for this one? Yeah. Okay. Here we go. How many days was Lazarus dead before Jesus came to visit? I think it was three days. It was how many? Three. Add one. Four. That is correct, Fernando! <laughs> now, Here's why that's significant. So I just want to make sure you track with me on this, okay? Four days, which was highly unusual because, you know, we look at Jesus and it's three days and so on and so forth. But the rabbis used to believe that after three days there was no coming back. So in Lazarus's miracle, it was a double miracle. because Not only did he come back to life, but it was past the time they thought that was possible. Well, I absolutely knew about, uh, you know, putting somebody in the grave. Oops, we, he wasn't dead. He woke up. <laughs> Excellent, though. See, I love the way you approached it and the way you shared it and the way you did it. And that's, see, that's what I love about you. Just like you got right into it. So now when somebody says to you, how long was Lazarus dead? You're going to go four, 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 four. You'll be so fast on that. It's not even funny. <laughs> Dad, there you go, brother. Excellent. Be something. All right. Good job, bro. Okay. Well, you have a good day, sir. All right. You too. Take care. Bye. Bye-bye. Excellent work. Love with the real Rogers. He says he's doing more better. Uh, Hope you're doing I, more better. I love that. Yeah. <laughs> it's just great. All right. All right. I've got to speed this on, on a little bit. So a couple things to remind you for. Number one, the contest is over. On the website is a new contest page. Not a new. Is a, is a new page called the contest page. It just shows you the two study Bibles. One was with, won by Rosalind. And then the other one who, who tossed the show, and then the other one uh, has was won and then donated to a brother who really wanted it but wasn't able to get it. And so that worked out perfectly. Both those Bibles are going to be given to Brad, who's going to be helping us do legwork around here and is going to take those Bibles to the two winners. We are going to have other contests. In the meantime, you're supposed to be praying for the audience and start thinking today about your April buddies because we're starting April buddies on Monday, which means you've got to pick somebody. If you picked somebody last time, pick somebody different that you've either heard, heard me talk about, heard from the show, whatever the case may be, in some connection to us in some way, and then you're going to pray for them in the month of April. You don't have to pray brilliantly, but you got to commit to praying, and we want you to be able to do that even if it's only 10 seconds a pop. Okay? All right, great. It's a lot of stuff, right? Okay. Instead of trying to rush this in, we're going to take the break because it's just I just can't do it. Just, this is such a good teaching. I just don't want to ruin it. So we'll take a break, then come back, take a deep breath. You're listening to the David Spoon Experience right here at KAAM 770, the true station here in Texas. Short break. We'll be back. Don't go anywhere. What is the David Spoon experience, you say? 
I'll put it to you like this. Do you love a good joke that's pretty bad? What do you call an animal that doesn't practice what it preaches? A hippocritopotamus. <laughs> Come on. Do you love being able to ask questions, comments, or having someone to pray for you? If you have an opinion, a comment, a thought, or a question, we don't want it to die of loneliness. We want it to have a chance. And last but not least, do you love some trivia? All right, we got our trivia question. Uh, who made clothes out of leaves that were sewed together? Somebody want to answer the trivia question? Oh, okay, hold on. Hold on. Here you go. Here you go. This is David. Who am I talking to? We're talking to Mary. This is Al. This is Brother Ace. This is Eric. This is Deborah. Now, if that doesn't make you curious, maybe you should tune in and check it out for yourself. Think of me as the big brother that won't go away. <laughs> That's me. Tune in to the David Spoon Experience weekdays at 1.30 p.m. on 770 KAAM. What is the David Spoon Experience? Hey, jingity jing. It's Dominic the donkey. Jingity jing. The Italian Christmas donkey. La, 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 la. Oh, that is la, you. La, la, That's for Zany, my friend. Uh, welcome back to the David Spoon Experience. So we, being not completely unlike, you know, Christmas Vacation in Chevy Chase and so on and so forth, we, we got a really big tree, slapped it up on the car. Of course, it scratched the car to no end. Remember, I'm Jewish, and I'm trying to follow the Christmas holiday. It's got nothing to do with my Christianity. I like Christmas. I like the season and so on and so forth. I have no problem celebrating any specific time, picking a time, and we're as close as we can be celebrating the birth of Christ. It's awesome. It's a great time of year. But you're talking about me fighting a tree, and I'm fighting the tree, and I'm fighting the tree, and I hack off a few branches. And unfortunately, what I hacked off with the with the axe wasn't enough because I was right there again, holding the Christmas tree with my feet on the door, trying to pull it in. Hey, you know what? The Christmas tree was not coming in. So you know what I did? I hacked off a few more pieces. But then instead of just trying to pull the tree in, I hacked off a few more pieces. By this point, I have decided that Christmas is a pagan holiday that only people who are supporting Christmas presents have created, and Jewish people who believe in Jesus should not be celebrating Christmas, and I'm crashing the and I've got the act up, and I'm crushing it, and I'm going to get this tree in, and you would not believe it, but after doing that for 15 minutes, I still could not get the tree in the house. Welcome back to the David Spoon Experience. Thank you for joining us here at KAAM 770, the truth station here in Texas. That's KAAM 770, the truth station here in Texas, where the show is already half over. I don't know how it happened. I mean, that is just, I am so far behind. I'm so far behind, I'm catching up to myself. Uh, here's your trivia question. Okay, here we go. How old... Well, you don't have to be perfect on this. It's just the general. You can, you'll get it. How old was Jesus when he started his ministry? Okay. How old was Jesus when he started his ministry? Okay. This is not, you know, this is not hard. Okay. I don't know how Joanne and Cordelia and Al, 
I don't know how they texted at the same time because they have this millisecond count. You guys are just amazing. That fast? Yeah, it's just oh. that fast. All right. Uh, if you think you know the answer, no, somebody's calling in, so we got that. 972-445-0770. Although, uh, somebody's already calling in. 214-210-8483. Or send an email, david at hemustincrease.org. Now, even though somebody's going to answer, you can still answer. Right? You can still, there's nothing wrong with it. You can even answer five minutes later if you didn't hear the answer. I mean, that's great. Just do that. Just just so we can know what's going on. Let's send the person through. Knock, knock. This is David. Who am I talking to? Yes, this is Gary. How are you today? I'm doing pretty good, Gary. I'm a little concerned about the drive home because I heard the weather's kind of yucky. But you know what? I'll take my time and just worship the Lord. But outside of that, doing pretty well. And how are you feeling today? Well, I'm okay. Okay. Well, I want everybody to be praying for our brother like we did earlier. you got to keep praying for one another. So we, we love you, Gary, and we want you to be blessed and better. Okay? Okay. Thank you. All right. Here we go. How old was Jesus when he started his ministry? He was about 30. That is correct, Amundo! Now, the only negative about that, Gary, and this is somewhat of a joke, is nowadays people that are 30, they think they know everything. <laughs> it's just like you're just like going, you should wait till you're 40. Wait, you should wait till you're 50. Oh, wait, you should wait till you're 60. <laughs> because nowadays they just think they know. But Jesus, at least he knew. So, yep, 30 years old. That's exactly correct. And he could not have been a rabbinical teacher if he was younger. So that's another part of it. So very important. Okay. Ex okay. Excellent job, my brother. I appreciate Okay. And I'll continue to pray for all of you, and God bless you. You too, bro. Bye-bye. All right. Excellent job by our wonderful brother. All right. And remember, don't forget to pray for the audience. Uh, here's a great thing. If you're like, well, I don't know what to pray for the audience, ask the Lord to bless the people that you pray for in the audience to trust in God. Instead of being afraid of what they hear, myself included, how about we do this, this really weird thing? Let's trust God. Let's do it. It's amazing. Don't forget about your April buddy. Like I mentioned, I'll leave that there. So we've got that. We've got that. We're going to skip the jokes because I just have to do this teaching because we haven't gotten anywhere on it yet. Uh, there are two major components for you as a Christian. I'm just going to tell you what they are and then break them down because it'll be easier for you. One of the first things that we need is to be yielded to the Lord. And I want to say something about that because I think we understand that differently than God tries to communicate that to us, or that he has communicated that to us, okay? When it says yielded, we're talking at this level, okay? Sometime later, God tested Abraham. He said, Abraham, here I am, he replied. God said, take your son, your only son Isaac, whom you love, and go to the region of Moriah. Sacrifice him there as a burnt offering on one of the mountains I will tell you about. That level of yielded. This, I, there's nothing, I don't have to make this, there's no big, uh, you know, new revelation. How yielded was Abraham? He was willing to give up everything. How yield, everything. And you want to know why that process takes place so that you can, and oh, by the way, just in case you're wondering, well, how does that affect me? Galatians 3.29, if you belong to Christ, then you are Abraham's seed and heirs according to the promise. That's Galatians 3.29. So you don't get to be a member of the family of Christ and disassociate with Abraham. It's not allowed. If you are a person who belongs to Jesus, then you are Abraham's seed. 
If you are Abraham's seed, then the things that God requires of Abraham, he may require of you. Guess what? That's your job. You do that. How yielded? Pretty yielded. Right? I mean, how, how high? Pretty high. How far? Pretty far. To what point? To giving up the promise of God in the child on the altar, believing that God could bring him back. Right? That far. What I love uh, uh, in the scripture is how it makes it plain what we need to do. What I can't stand about the scripture is that it makes it plain about what we need to do. It's like I love it and I hate it. Of course, just like you. It's like, okay, all right, but but there is no but, but we have to do it. If the Lord requires us to, and I'm not telling you to sacrifice your child on an altar right now. What I'm telling you is that whatever the Lord has for you that he says, lay that down, you got to lay it down. Why? What's the big deal? Because there can be no other gods in our life. That is the first commandment, the second commandment. Actually, that's all the commandments, just really just to be honest about it. You know what you can have in your life? No other shrines. Now, I have people in my family that I love. But if they get in between me and the Lord, they become the shrine. And I just, I can't, that's just the wrong way to do it. It's not, it's not that I don't love them. It's that they can't elevate to that level. What is it that Jesus said in Matthew chapter 10? If you love your mom or your dad, if you love your son or your daughters, it's like if you love people more than you love me, you can't be mine. There is no difference between that and this. There is no difference between that and the first commandment. There is no difference. The Lord does not tolerate competition when it comes to the seat of the chair in your heart. Does not tolerate competition. In fact, he says, I am a jealous God. It's like, no, no. No space. No way. And Abraham demonstrated that he was willing. Verse 12 out of Genesis 22, do not lay a hand on the boy. He said, do not do anything to him. Now I know that you fear God because you've not withheld from me your son, your only son. You can't, and, and, and this was the son that was carrying on the promise of God, can't hold on to those things. We must lay them down. Now, what we talk about now is at the cross, okay? So this is Abraham's altar, right? Now we bring those things and we lay them at the cross, right? You cannot have any other gods. You know they're false gods. I like that Steve said that one time. It's like, they're not really gods. That's true. But when you put them there, you make them gods. And so as much as I love this, that, or whatever, and and the Lord takes it to that one step further, just in case you're wondering, if you love yourself more than God. <laughs> See, it's like, uh-oh. Now we're, now we're getting personal, Dave. <laughs> I know. But this is what the Lord asks of us, expects of us, to be so fully yielded that there is nothing off the table if he 
teaches and leads and directs us to say, let this go, then you let it go. You think I, you think I like that? No. But I, I know it's right. I know it's proper. I know it's appropriate. Because every time somebody gets in between God and I, I just seem to have all kinds of problems. <laughs> I don't know what it is. Oh, I know what it is. He's watching and he's listening. <laughs> he's like, hey, stop that. It's like, oh, yeah, I got to stop doing that. If you belong to Christ, Galatians 3, 9, then you are Abraham's seed and heirs according to the promise. Yeah? In order to go through that promise, that whole process of the promise, you have to let everything go and lay it down at the altar. So that's what Abraham had to do. And because we have faith like Abraham, we're required to do that. And so it's it's not an issue. I was talking to my brother the other day. It's not an issue of us understanding it all as much as us just saying, Yes, Lord. You said yes in the very beginning to Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. The Savior part's the, you've been saved from the flames, saved from the power of sin. The Lord part is he's the master, and you're the servant. And if the people of of today's society don't like that kind of talk, tough. Because you serve somebody. And I, I give Bob Dylan at least the credit he wrote the song. It may be the devil and it may be the Lord, but you're going to serve somebody. And that's right. And that's true. So everything, let it go, including, ready? Your own self, your own glory, your own power, your own wisdom, your own achievements. Your Oh, oh wait, wait. Your own family. Oh, he's not talking about family. That is exactly what God is talking about in the text. Let go of your family, Abraham. Me first. <laughs> wow. Isn't that powerful? It's like, oh, my goodness. Every time I teach this, I get bummed. I'm happy, but I get bummed. But I'm happy, but I'm bummed. Just like you guys. That's the flesh and the spirit going, yay, and the flesh going, boo, yay, boo, right? I mean, the thing about it, Dave, too, it just shows you how really weak we are. Like, you really cannot take pride in yourself when you really think about it. You, If you really get down to it, it's about it's about picking up the cross on a regular Absolutely. basis. That's just what it is. No other way. Yep. All right. We'll take our break and then come back. You're listening to the David Spoon Experience right here on KAAM 770, the truth station here in Texas. Short break. We'll be back. Don't go anywhere. What is the David Spoon Experience? When you are in the presence of the Lord and His presence is strengthening you, and we talked about that can happen through the Word of God, through prayer, and through fellowship. And then you go through some process where somebody sends you a text or somebody sends you a letter or somebody calls you or somebody sends you an email or somebody looks at you funny or somebody kind of glances or somebody says something about you or you hear something about yourself or you eat the wrong kind of tacos and you just feel bad and the joy is sucking away at the moment. Here is the answer while the devil is trying to take your joy away. Here is the key for the next 365 days for your life. When the devil takes the joy away by robbing you, you go back into the presence of God again. 
When the devil comes in and robs you and takes that joy, will you get up off your duff or your blessed assurance and you go into the presence of God again, be it prayer, be it Bible, be it fellowship, be it worship, be it whatever. I don't care. Get up and get back in the presence of God again. And when the devil comes around the second time and knocks on your door and you open it and he takes it from you again, then you get off your blessed assurance again and you get back into the presence of God again. And when he does it a third time, you do it again. And when he does it a fourth time, you do it again. Because the strength of the Lord is in the joy of the Lord, which is found in the presence of the Lord. And when he comes a robbing, you go to refill. When the tank is empty, put gas in it. When you're depleted, fill it up. And you think, well, I can't do that. Why not? You did it the first time. Yes, but that was special. Why? Because you tried. Try again. But you don't understand. No, I don't care. That's much, much more heartless to say that, huh? That's a good one. I don't care. It doesn't matter. I, don't, I care about the truth. I don't care about somebody's, well, my perception, well, good for you. God bless you. When you can figure out that you can argue with God, let me know how that goes. If you win that argument, you come back. You can take the throne. But you ain't going to win it. So when the enemy comes and he comes a stealing, you do exactly what you need to do to take it back. If he steals from you, you take it right back. Why? Because you can. Because he's not empowered to keep it from you. He's empowered to take it momentarily. You're empowered to take it right back. Take it. The David Spoon Experience. Welcome back to the David Spoon Experience. Thank you for joining us here at KAAM 770, the truth station here in Texas. That's KAAMAN 770, the truth station here in Texas. Uh, just want to make sure everybody knows the contest is over. Brad will be reaching out to our winners to deliver the Bibles on Tuesday. So Rosalind and Abraham could just kind of like, yeah, it's cool, it's cool, it's all going to happen because he's going to take care of it for us just to alleviate the burden for us. So we appreciate that. Here, getting ready for your next Triv question. Ooh, this is a good one. Ooh. And I'm going to give you half of a hint, or kind of a hint. What color are the four horses in the book of Revelation? What color are the four horses? I will give you this, that two of the colors are pretty much aligned with two of the colors in our flag. I will say that, but I'll just kind of leave it there. It's not perfectly. In fact, you know what? Scratch the hint. What colors are the four horses in the book of Revelation? Just leave it there. I think you guys should be able to locate that because I'm going to guarantee you one thing. It's in the book of Revelation. Did you like that? I'm going to tell you what. What color are the four horses in the book of Revelation? The answer is in the book of Revelation. If you think you know the answer, you can call 972-445-0770. You can also text in 214-210-8483 as well as send an uh, email david at hemusincrease.org. Before we take the caller, we do have a caller calling in. I want to send you to the website, which is hugely important. And let me just say this real quickly. 
April Buddies coming back uh, next week. Pray for the audience. And then money, we need it. We're not even going to play. We need it. We need to not only to grow, we need to keep pace with what we're doing now. So if you can give, great. If you can't, pray for us that the Lord will bless us and open uh, doors for us. That's all we're asking. Uh, check out the website, hemustincrease.org. Prayer request. Hemustincrease.org. Praise report. Hemostincrease.org. Looking to give to this ministry? Hemostincrease.org. Confused by what's happening right now? Hemostincrease.org. Hemostincrease.org. You can't touch this. You can't touch this. Hey, these sounds are amazing. Amazing. And that's my favorite. Wow. <laughs> okay. I right, send the person through. Knock, knock. This is David. Uh, who am I talking to? Shabbat shalom, brother. Hello, brother. How are you? Now, I don't know if can you hear while you're on the phone what's going on on the radio? Are you able to hear the songs and the sounds, or is that, are you kind of about? Yeah, about? don't touch me. Yeah, I love it. I love it. Isn't that great? <laughs> I started dancing in the studio. <laughs> don't touch me. It's just so good. All right, all right, my brother. Here we go. What? Okay, before I lose my connection, I'm going to give the answer. answer okay. is a, it's a four-power horse. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and the colors are mentioned in the book of Revelation. <laughs> and the colors are red, white, black, and green. Right. So I'm, we're going to say ding, ding, ding. It can be red, white, black, green, red, white, dark, pale. I would go with any of those. I did. Red and white was right when I said two thirds of the flag because it's red, white, and blue. So I guess that really was not that bad a hint uh, on the yeah. overall. So, how you doing, brother? What's going on with you? I just pray uh, that God will make me a better husband and a better father and a and a better minister as well. Okay, let's pray. Let's do it right now. Father, yeah. we come before you right now. Lift up our dear brother Samson. He prays the exact prayer that every one of us prays. We want to be better ministers. We want to be better parents. We want to be better children. We want to be better spouses. We need all of that. We, all of us, every single one of us wants to do better, Lord, to honor you. And because we know we can do better in you, help us, enable us, empower us, energize us. Don't let the enemy use it against us to beat us down, but let it be an encouragement to move closer so we can reflect you better. We're closer to you so we can reflect you more in the process. And Lord, forgive us where we failed and restore us and when we've done bad, dumb things and have mercy on us and then pour your grace into our minds and hearts so we can go forward. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. And amen. 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 Hey, brother, while I'm driving through this uh, downtown Dallas, I felt like a, I'm passing through the financial hub of the Dallas city and I'm going to pray for for us, that God will release our bank for the David Spoon experience to pay all our bills. In yeah. Jesus' name, amen. amen. Jesus' God. name, amen. We receive it. Yes. Amen, brother. All right. Shabbat shalom and have a blessed weekend. All right. God bless you, bro. Bye-bye. Bye. Okay. All right. So what we're going to do is we're going to move the – no, I think we can still do the history. Okay? We can do the history. We're just going to have to skip on the jokes, I think is what it is. So, so yeah, you want to do history? Yeah, go, go ahead. Go ahead. Let's go What's really funny is you guys think we know what we're doing. <laughs> Professional radio day. Yeah.
Okay. All right. Uh, today is National Tater Day. Now, Yum. Now, now, I want to just say something. If you guys have, and don't get mad, but if you've ever watched Ron White do some of his comedy, he, he does this whole routine where he's the tater. The tater. <laughs> yeah, it's just interesting. I'm not recommending it because it has some language in there that I think is uh, more uh, not along the lines of tongues, but more along the lines of the wrong tongues. But uh, the whole thing is just... We got him. We got the tater. Anyway, now we're talking about the food, right, Dave? Yeah. Okay. Well, I, hope I, I hope I am. I hope I am. I am. I'm talking about National Crayon Day. I love crayons. Yep. I love crayons. I just don't care. I use just so you can know. I use colored pencils every single day for 25 years. Oh. I just love. I just. I think colors are great. And then uh, it's Bunsen Burner Day. I don't. I don't. I don't know. I'm not sure what to say about that. 1889, in this day, the Eiffel Tower was inaugurated. Okay, good to know. Uh, 1984, Lifestyles of the Rich and Famous made its debut, thereby creating covetousness for half of America. Very Uh, true. Probably was not a good idea. Uh, And then finally, 1943, on this day, Oklahoma. The Rodgers and Hammerstein musical opened in New York called Oklahoma. And it was just a classic. It's one of the first musicals I saw at camp. It was at camp. You know, Jewish camp's a little different. And uh, and we saw Oklahoma. Wow. That's right. I can even sing the Oklahoma song, which I will not do because I love you guys. All right, here we go. <laughs> First thing we talked about is being yielded. Right? Pretty straightforward. Nothing bizarre about that. Here's the next thing. I like this. I'm taking liberty. You can get upset with me. I don't mind. In Luke 20:18, it talks about those Jesus being the stone, or the the, the actually it's a rock. Okay. Uh, here's what the, here's what it says. Everyone on on and even though it's stone, I'll just use the text that I have. Everyone who falls on that stone will be broken to pieces, but he on whom it falls will be crushed. Now that's the NIV. So I'm going to ask D to check. Do you have your NIV with you today? What do you have? This is the NIV Study Bible. Oh yeah, you like that one, huh? That's a good yeah, one. Yeah, I got huh? a couple of them. Yeah. All right. So uh, give me uh, Luke 20:18. What does it read? It says, "Everyone who falls on that stone will be broken to pieces, but he on whom it falls will be crushed." Will be crushed. Now watch this. Okay. I just want you to step step back, take a deep breath. <gasps> Everyone who falls on that stone will be broken to pieces. But he on whom that stone falls, they'll be crushed. So what's the difference there? If Jesus drops the rock on you on top of your head, you will be crushed. It's over. It ain't good. That's not a good sign. But if you are not crushed and you fall and break to pieces before the Lord, that is a good sign. The difference here is understanding that broken is better than crushed. When you're crushed, you're 86th. When you're broken, you're moldable. Uh-oh. Psalm 32, verse 1. I am forgotten by them as though I were dead. I have become like broken pottery. You see, here's something that people don't like all that much. Ready? 
Romans 9, 20 through 21. But who are you, human being, to talk back to God? Shall what is formed say to the one who formed it, Why did you make me thus? Does not the potter have the right to make out of the same lump of clay some pottery for special purposes and some for common use? Here's the big key, and I'm just going to say it without being arrogant. You are in the seminary of being yielded and being broken. Because if you are not moldable, God will make you moldable. <laughs> Let me say that again. If you are not moldable, God will make you moldable. What does that mean? That means if he has to take the pottery and drop it on the ground and and have the pieces spread all over and then add his water and put all the pieces back together and reshape, that is exactly what he will do. Not only do you have to be yielded, like I have to be yielded, you have to be yielded. There's, there's things that the Lord works on in my life. I go, come on. <laughs> you think I'm kidding. I am not kidding at all. I I, I, mean, I love Abraham because at least he bargained with God. I just sit there and think, you got to be kidding. I mean, I'm, I'm 45 years in the faith. Can I get a break? It's like, no. You don't get a break. Well, no, I, but I don't want to be moldable. Crack. You just got to catch what's going on. King David, before he was king, went to the school of brokenness when that's why he wouldn't do anything to Saul. Not only do you not touch the anointed in that position, but King David was like, whatever the Lord wants. Okay. Then after he became king, he kept that going because remember that guy, the Shmo guy, his name's Ishmael or whatever, not the Ishmael, but Shmizael or something like that. He heaped insults at David as David was leaving as the king and they wanted to kill him. And David said, leave him alone. I mean, my own son's trying to kill me, let alone this guy yelling insults at me. At this point, David has figured out, I stopped doing everything. Stop trying to do it. Just be broke. Just let it alone. If you want to read a book that will change your life, Gene Edwards' A Tale of Three Kings will change your life. Okay, I mean, not, not more than the scripture, but it, the entire book is about being broken before God. And you know what you get to do at the end of it? Nothing. <laughs> That's what you get to do. You get to go, okie dokie. <laughs> That's where the yielding, that's where the brokenness, that's where the submission comes in. Submit yourself, therefore, to God. Resist the devil and he will flee. It's really hard to resist Satan when we're not submitted to God. I find it to be very difficult. So you're supposed to be yielded and you're supposed to be broken. So I've chosen that passage, and I recognize it's not in the full flavor, but you get what's going on. Jesus is like, look, you fall on that rock, you'll be broken. You'll be uh, broken. That rock falls on you, you'll be crushed. That's a different, <laughs> but it'll be broken and crushed. So the idea behind that is like, yeah, I, I, ready? I surrender. Just yield. And instead of fighting for your rights, like Job did, you come to a very unique conclusion. I will put my hand on my mouth. I will say nothing except for a yes, sir. <laughs> See, this is part of that. You think, yeah, but I don't like all this stuff. Well, neither do I. Congratulations. <laughs> Welcome to Christianity 101. He's making you look like Jesus, not a glorified you. Jesus. That's the goal. 
So being broken and being yielded, these are the two highest seminaries. I, I talk about this in my book. I talk about it's just really, really, really important. I'm just doing a softy lesson on this now. And then it all comes down to one thing, which we're going to lead to. Being yielded and being broken lead to one specific thing, and that is the highest call that God has for you. That's what it leads to. There you go. Wow. Like that one? Pretty good. All right. Uh, take our break and then come back. You're listening to the David Spoon Experience right here on KAAM 770, the truth station here in Texas. Short break. We'll be back. Don't go anywhere. Since the dawn of the Internet, people have been looking for a website they can be proud of without costing an arm or a leg. People want a quality website to promote their ministry, business, hobby, or passion. Introducing Cowpunch Sites. Cowpunch Sites can help you create and maintain a quality website. From design to security, Cowpunch does it all. Cowpunch is a family-owned and operated business, taking a fresh approach to business. Lots of clients at lower prices. Make mom happy. The most significant benefit of working with Cowpunch Sites is that you work with real people, not cheesy templates. No outsourcing. It's $57 a month, and there's no setup fee and no cancellation fees. When you go to cowpunchsites.com slash dad. That's cowpunchsites.com slash dad. That's me. Oh, did I mention that it's $57 a month? Cowpunch Sites, $57 a month, and that's no bull. Um, Dave, this is a nice radio station. Oops, sorry. That's Cowpunch Sites, $57 a month, and that's no baloney. There, that's better. Cowpunchsites.com slash dad. Here's what I want you to get. Here's what I want you to understand. Bad news does not necessitate that there is nowhere else to go except to weep. In Psalm 112, verse 7, the scripture says, He will not fear bad news. His heart is confident, trusting in the Lord. It's not pie in the sky to look at the situation and go, Gosh, it's terrible, but I'm going to hold hope because hope is the only thing I have to move past it. If it never comes about, that's fine. But I'm going to live every day believing that there's a better tomorrow. When people think of that, they think, "Oh, Christianity—it's a crutch. It's—it's it's, uh, you know, it's uh, it's the opiate of the of the of the people," is what Karl Marx said. It takes more guts, more strength, more determination in this day and age to be a Christian and to stand in your faith than it does to be any other thing that there is, because it's the Christians who are under persecution, and it's the people of faith that are getting slaughtered, and oh, by the way, throughout the world that's taking place. You may be from a Baptist background, a Pentecostal background, a non-denominational background. David Spoon has that too. You may be from the Church of Christ, Presbyterian, Methodist, Church of God, or some other denomination. But if you're looking for a show that's Bible-based, spirit-led, and a bit nutty, then give David a listen for a while. If you like it, great. If not, no worries. The David Spoon Experience. Welcome back to the David Spoon Experience. Thank you for joining us here at KAAM 770, the truth station here in Texas. Time for one 
last trivia. I cannot believe this. This has been a fast show. I thought it was going real fast, and it kind of slowed down a little bit. No, uh, when you get into the deeper teaching, it does like to makes you think. Yeah, <laughs> I just appreciate Joanne and Cordelia. Like it's it's. Uh, I think it's they gave it, and I just kept thinking it's something. <laughs> that guy. So they gave me the thank you, lady. <laughs> just think, I just thought it was funny. Something. <laughs> this is Jewish people. It's either going to be something or something. See, or Irving. That's one of the other one. Okay, there you go. Uh, there's a multiple choice. After Jesus fed 5,000 people, how many baskets of food were left over? 1, 12, or 2,010? 1, 12, or 2,010? Uh, after Jesus fed 5,000 people, how many baskets of food were left over? 1, 12, or 2,010? Two thousand and ten. Seriously, people. Uh, somebody's calling in. I just want to let you know if you want to nine seven two four four five zero seven seven zero. Also two one four two one zero eight four eight three, or send an email David at he must increase dot org. Okay. Okay. Uh, somebody ready to answer a trivia question? This has just been one of those shows. Uh, send them on through. Knock knock. This is David. Who am I talking to? Hello, David. This is Stephen. Hi, Stephen. How are you? I'm okay. All right. How about, you, how about a dozen? Ah, there you go. A dozen. It's 12. Yes, sir. <laughs> At least you didn't say a baker's dozen, which is actually 13. I mean, that's good. <laughs> excellent, excellent job. And you made such a good point. I want you to take just about 15 or 20 seconds just to mention about the garden. Please bring that up again. That was a great, great point that you sent me. Well, when you were touching on the different gardens, yep, um, back from Genesis all the way through uh, Revelation, uh, it's very important to look at the one in Song of Songs. There you go. Excellent. That has a great explanation for both the one in Genesis and the one in Revelation. Excellent. I mean, that is just an excellent, excellent insight. So I'm really glad you called in because I wanted to give you props on that, but I was driving on the I was driving on the freeway and it's hard to text. <laughs> That's what I do every time I text you. I know you need to be careful. Okay. <laughs> excellent you job, brother. Day. You too. Bye bye. All right, so everybody should know me by now. And even D, I mean, is, he's still getting to know me in different things. Whenever you hear me say something or I do something or respond, it's, it's very rarely is it negative. Unless, you're, unless your location comes from .gov, because then that's different. <laughs> so we paid something and they were like, we sent you a statement. It's like, didn't have the payment. They're like, oh, okay. And it's just like, yeah, tell who, me about it. who runs this? I can't. I cannot figure it out, but that's a whole separate thing. So anyway, just always assume, always assume if it comes from me, it's super positive unless I tell you it's negative. Okay, that that'll that'll just make it easier for me when I exist. Okay, great. All right. Uh, schmoo, schmeezy, it's or sh. <laughs> See, when you're in when you're in nursery school in at Sherizetic in Detroit, Michigan, they start they start by going say ch, say ch, say ch, say ch. They pre, they, we are prepped. Okay. All right, that's done, that's done. Let's get to this. What's the whole point of being yielded and being broken? I mean, there's a point to it, right? Yes, there is a point to it, right? Ready? This is going to blow your mind, especially when I finish the other part of this. 
All right. Listen to this. I'm just going to read it and you'll get it. If anyone else thinks he has a reason to put confidence in the flesh, I have more. Circumcised the eighth day of the people of Israel of the tribe of Benjamin, a Hebrew of Hebrews, in regard to the law of Pharisee, as for zeal persecuting the church, as for legalistic righteousness, faultless. But whatever was for my profit, I now consider lost for the sake of Christ. What is more, I consider everything a loss compared to the surpassing greatness of knowing Christ Jesus my Lord, for whose sake I have lost all things, and consider them rubbish that I may gain Christ and be found in him. Not having a righteousness of my own that comes from the law, but that which is through faith in Christ. The righteousness that comes from God and is by faith. All the things that we do, all the things that we coordinate, all the brilliant, great works that we come up with, all of them don't mean anything compared to this. Knowing Jesus. That's what yieldedness brings, and that's what brokenness brings, a closeness to Jesus Christ. Paul, in his, in his uh, discussion in Philippians, lists his religious accomplishments and then calls him garbage. And by the way, in the Greek, the word is not garbage. And yes, it is as nasty as you think it is. That's what he says. It's not my fault that the church is too afraid to say what's, what's been said. That's not my problem in any way, shape, or form. It doesn't matter because all of those accomplishments are pride. And what stops you from being prideful is being yielded and being broken. And then you get to understand that living in the everything else is garbage compared to knowing Jesus' zone is everything. When you look at James 2.19, you believe there is one God. Good. Even the demons believe that in shudder. There is a difference between knowing God and knowing of God. The demons know of God. You are called to know God. And you think, well, I know, Dave, but come on, ministry is the most important thing. Okay. As Jesus and his disciples were on the way, he came to a village where there was a woman named Martha opened her home. She had a sister called Mary who was sitting at the Lord's feet listening to what he said. But Martha was distracted by all the preparations she had to make. She came to him and said, don't you care my sister's left me to do the work by myself? Tell her to help me. Martha, Martha, the Lord answered. You're worried and upset about many things, but only one thing is needed, and Mary has chosen what is best better, and it will not be taken away from her. You're trying to tell me that my relationship with the Lord is more important than ministry? Yes. You'd like me to say it more clearly? Yes! What do you mean? Philippians 1.21, for to me to live is Christ, to die is gain. That's what it is. There's no, there's no space here. There's nothing. This is like, well, there's nothing. And it's not, a, it's not an issue of argument or discussion. It's like we all know. Oh, that's right. You got to be yielded and you got to be broken so that there's no pride. So you're not taking pride in your accomplishments, but you are laying yourself before the altar, before the cross, and that you recognize all of this is for one thing, and that's for you to know Jesus Christ. There's nothing else. Everybody thinks it's the way that you shine. I, I just, I'm just going to say this because I want to say it in the right way. 
When the guy was on the cross next to Jesus, and don't tell me that's prior to the dispensation. That's ridiculous because John the Baptist brought in the new the new transition. So let's stop that. But when the guy was on the cross and he, he said to Jesus, remember me in your kingdom, he wasn't a huge witness to anybody except for it was written down for our sake. But he wasn't a huge witness to the people all around. It was just him and the other thief and Jesus. Wasn't a lot of space there, and the other thief was just rejecting, no way. And that thief was like, I need help. I need you, Jesus. Remember me, Jesus. And Jesus goes, you're in, baby. You'll be hanging out with me before you know it. It's about knowing Jesus. It's about drawing closer to Jesus. Hey, wait, here, I'm going to make it really easy. It's about Jesus. Okay. Just that simple. All right? Okay. All right, folks, you've been listening to the David Spoon Experience right here on KAAM 770, the true station here in Texas, taking a 70 and one-half hour break. Then we'll come back with more Insanity with Spinanity. Talk to you then. Have a great weekend. Drive safe. Views expressed in the preceding program were those of the speakers and not necessarily those of KAAM, DJRD Broadcasting, or its sponsors.